back. Mad Women are back. It's our first um, long distance recording. Yeah, it's been it's been like it's been a minute. How long has it been? It's been like six weeks. So we're just getting into the flow of the remote recording for everyone listening. We're very excited to talk about this weird and kind of empty yet packed episode, or I guess it's packed yet empty episode. Yes, it is titled um, The Marriage of Figaro, which Mm -hmm. is an opera by Mozart that Wikipedia defines as uh, it's about a day of madness. So I suppose this does all happen in one day. So this is an all in one day episode. It is. And it's. Oh, no, it isn't. Sorry. He wakes up and he makes the playhouse. So never mind. I thought that was a good. uh... Well, it's it's a day. It's a 24 hours in the life of the madmen and their madness. Yeah, there we go. In, in the madness of Don just being like, I'm just going to bounce between ladies and just spread my discontentness across everyone. He's so broody. He's very broody in this episode. He would be like a bad classmate to sit next to. <laughs> yeah, he's such a bummer. Like, did you see, like, seriously, him looking out at that train? I was like, Jesus Christ, you'd be a tough yeah. hang. But we'll get to the train. But we'll uh, get to the train. Let's start with the first shot of this episode, which was an ad, like aptly mm-hmm. shot ad of uh, an old car, right? Mm-hmm. And it just says lemon, right? And I feel like this, this whole ad becomes like a really big recurring part of the part of the episode really um, yeah you know and I think later they the madmen talk about like is this a good ad is it a bad ad or is it a good car is it a bad car is it you know whatever and like Don just says oh well it's a conversation starter so it must be doing something right so it's yeah kind of showcasing their competition I'd say yeah I thought it was I definitely first of all wanted to know more like was that the first time not that they used humor, but that like advertisements used like actually a self-deprecating humor. Like, was that the first time that that happened? Because it did seem like it was really surprising to a lot of people. And they made a point to show actually in that first scene that like the train conductor thought it was really yeah, amusing. It was like, was hey, look at- yeah, so it was clearly getting people's attention. Um, I wish I was, I had thought more slash knew more about like, I've heard that like every single ad campaign in an episode is supposed to attach onto the plot that goes on or like generally what's happening in these people's lives. The only parallel that I drew, I know I'm skipping ahead here, but I noticed that um, Helen Bishop, the divorcee who comes to the Sally's party later in the episode says that she drives a Volkswagen. Mm. And I was like, Oh man, is there a parallel there? I tried to think about it. And I'm like, well, all the ladies were the best I could do is all of the married women were sitting in the room and we're talking about her being divorced over and over again. It was like, Maybe there's a parallel there, but other than that, I don't really know why. I like that, that though. Did you did you like the ad, Nora? I, <laughs> I, pregnant I did. I, I, I think I do. I think I, I would rather them be on, like someone be honest. Like you, you get this kind of for. My understanding of that is you get this for kind of like the look and the feel of it not for its attributes it's like not a checklist it's actually like generally like the feel of the car and it's a lemon but it's a lemon you love you know whatever that means but <laughs> but I actually really I actually yeah, really I liked, liked it, it. Too, you know it I was it. Well, it was clean you know I feel like it, a lot of ads in the 50s were very like um illustrative and busy and then now we're moving into like the 60s and it's like simplicity you know yeah simplicity and sparse and like kind of like yeah, a little bit more modern in that way. 
and not and again just not like bland maybe it did make me kind of want to drive a Volkswagen I'll be honest so I guess it worked on me you just want to be Helen right we all want to yeah. be oh, oh we we all want to be Helen she's <laughs> she's a badass in this episode um so Don's looking at the paper which is why we have the ad as the first shot mm-hmm. and then this this dude named Larry comes up and is like Dick Whitman and this is like kind of the one of the first or second breadcrumbs of like Don's second identity right um yeah and for those who haven't seen the whole show or like I remember when I first saw it I was like wait what because we have not had any crumbs like obviously mm-hmm. Dick Whitman will be a much bigger thing later on I but now was like the um like his medal from being in the war you know oh was it was the name on the medal I think well it said Don Draper but like oh of course yeah yeah it's it's just like you don't it's a know hint but then is. the different yeah. name was mm-hmm. like kind of jarring I remember when I first uh Yes, I first saw this. I was gonna say my favorite quote was from Larry, actually. In this oh, episode. really? Yeah, it's it's just really stupid. And he was just like um, talking to Don, and he was like, "I see you haven't filled out. You must be a bachelor." <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, it's kind of, yeah, it's like okay, I must be single because I didn't get like chunky and happy. He <laughs> seemed like such a jolly guy. Like he was yeah. just like so happy to see him. And at first, I was kind of like wait, we're, how would he know this person? Because again, I know I'm zooming forward for hopefully listeners have spoiler alert. If someone has not seen the show, stop listening now, but zooming ahead, he basically, he doesn't know anyone when he gets into the army. And then the only person he knows he accidentally blows up. So mm-hmm. I was like, who could this person be that he knows? But I was like, oh, they're talking about like um, bunks, they're trained together. Mm-hmm. And then it made me realize he trained with a bunch of people yeah. So it's not only his family and the people he grew up with, he trained with a bunch of people who were in the world. And then it kind of went bigger and made me realize how, how kind of bold this bold and kind of like naive this plan is to just be like, get a new life yeah. is for him. He's gotten really lucky so far that he didn't change his appearance at all. He didn't dye his hair. <laughs> he didn't like change that much about himself. He has the same face. It's just like kind of, I don't know why it's just just like really shocked me on this viewing that a guy could just walk through the train and be like oh Dick Whitman like if if Betty was there he would just be done for like it just was really surprising to me to think about but yeah you could definitely not like do this today I it's just like wild like Don slash Dick you just dot your eyes and cross your t's buddy but like (laughs) you know he seems kind of worried but also you gotta wake clean. I don't know why too, but like watching this episode made me realize like Don takes the train every day to Manhattan, which feels like a lot. And I know later yeah. that changes, but it just, it, I don't, I didn't think about that until this watch that he's just like, he's a suburb boy, you know? Yeah. I definitely, it definitely hit me as well, but he was just like, there's a part at the end where he's on the train and then like the train conductor comes up and clips his ticket, puts him in the back. And I was like, oh man, he's having that experience every day. It's like every kind day. of- it sort of humbles him to me in a weird way that he like mm-hmm. he's on the train all the time but also again more visibility yes. more chance to be seen by people absolutely to be seen by people who he's fucked that's not his wife or someone who knows him as dick so he's living too many lives to keep it up but he's um, going strong right now that's yeah he's he's a wild guy but um any other yeah. thoughts before moving on no, I think that was pretty much it at yeah. that point. And then we kind of um, move on to, yeah. no, we were saying we move on to the bro posse. Oh God, the, the elevator. Bros. The toxic bros. Toxic bros. 
Yeah, Peter returns from his honeymoon, which we decided was the worst honeymoon ever because it was two weeks in Niagara Falls. Yes. I have to say, my opinion after seeing this scene. <laughs> so Pete, I'm, I'm sure you're about to say, I know I'm jumping I was going to ask you if you thought he was attractive in this episode. No, it's not actually that. I will circle back to that. But okay. I actually, this actually does color things, what I'm about to say, though, so probably not. He won't talk about the dirty details of what he's done on his honeymoon to anyone and he keeps on saying like really lame stuff like she was lying there and we never left the room dot 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 and everyone's all the guys are like boo this is lame (laughs) and then i'm like did pete not fuck on his honeymoon (laughs) i think pete might not have not he did but i don't think they went as strong as i thought initially i thought he was like something's changed i'm like i feel like he doesn't have that many stories to tell no, but later he, there's like a line that's like, oh, the ring is like catnip, you know? I That is true, but they said that about him like flirting with other ladies. So at least my idea that this time was like, I don't know if, I know Trudy and him are in love, but I kind of felt like maybe there wasn't a ton going on there. Like, I don't know. This time I just really got the vibe of like, maybe he didn't have that much to say or also maybe he's like fronting. He like doesn't have, He's not as like ambi- like sexually adventurous as he well, tells everyone to be cool and he didn't have anything to say. I know I'm really dwelling on this point, but like it really struck me this time. I was no, like, Pete, you're a liar. This is kind of jumping ahead as well, but it's like in the similar vein as like the most shocking part of this episode to me was like when Pete is talking to Don and he's like, Trudy is funnier than I thought, you know? And then he, yeah. he like calls him later to ask him what he wants for dinner and he's like ribeye with butter in the pan you know and he's just like oh my god there's gonna be dinner at my house and oh he's like ice cream whoa i was like you don't even know this person like it blows my mind you know it's so true that when he said that he's like oh my god there's gonna be dinner waiting at home for me i'm like oh yeah you guys never lived together because oh and like you probably didn't that's probably the is that um, the first time they had sex on their honeymoon? Was that, it was like, it's only the first time, been, like, it's just uh, all of it blew my mind, honestly, how much he didn't know about it. And then immediately like, he's flirted with Peggy and it's upsetting. It's like borderline an arranged marriage situation. Like, that's what it, it feels like. It really feels like those vibes. But I, I know, again, it's jumping ahead, but I just thought it was so funny when <laughs> he was just like, He's like ribeye ice cream, and then he he like hangs on the phone. And he's like, "Whoa, ice cream! <laughs> I'm gonna get that dinner." <laughs> he's so excited oh, that like his mommy's gonna make him food. God, <laughs> so sad. yeah, and but I'm like, whatever. Well, anyway, yeah. boys are awful. Like I just wrote, Harry is a big eye roll. <laughs> yes, ever like he's I a big eye roll. Harry, to- Harry is so awful. Like the whole show, he's so awful, and it's funny that at the beginning he's kind of posed as like he's the good guy of all of the guys he's, he's married. married okay and then that falls off real quick but i remember the first couple episodes he, he's the only good guy which is so sad but i also wrote this down i don't know if he said it or anyone else did actually two two things um one is i actually kind of liked here harry's joke where he's like saying about like Pete's like, oh, I'm not going to say anything. Like they were saying about like heavenly, like we're being too heavenly bodies or some kind of religious stuff. And then <laughs> Harry just goes, so a lot of missionary. And that makes me laugh every time, which is really sad. It's a no, big I road, hated but that, that, line, one, that but one like, makes me laugh. No, I'm glad it made you laugh. He's such an ass. <laughs> I know you should, you should be ashamed of me. He's such an ass. <laughs> and then he also said like, 
the honeymooner is something like the honeymooner is home without his row like dried herring i was like wait what <laughs> and then i was like oh he's a fish without eggs and he's dried up because he fucked so much like what what is that line like i've never had that line enter my brain i know i'm saying i'm soaring a bunch on this one but that's what happens when you have a cider and a half for me <laughs> um, oh but yeah it's just it's honestly was very embarrassing. He was trying to be cool. They were all trying to be cool. It didn't work. They went to a meeting where no one knew what it was happening. Although I skipped over the most important part is the chicken, the, ra- the racist welcome home thing, which is like such a so weird, terrible, like, I don't know what the fuck this was. What is the joke? It's just like, well, so for racist- the he like Peter enters his office and there's allegedly like a Chinese man in there with a chicken you know and then Peter's just like who put the Chinaman in my office which is so bad and it's like but unsure you're like meaning there's a Chinese person in your office like what's the joke there's just a person in your office and a chicken which I don't understand the chicken so like let's say like this is so racist that we didn't even understand it (laughs) I will say the one thing that I felt like this did is that I feel like the chicken is the start of like weird tropes and madmen because there's some like weird images that happen in this show throughout yeah like this is the start of that like it's not gonna be your like go on yeah 60s show you know yeah i i don't know i'm thinking about the the lawnmower scene that'll happen much later you know yeah i'm like that's a weird trope the chicken's weird they put some weird things in that office these weird imagery maybe the chicken goes or like the the birdie and then the birds like yeah 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 i definitely hear what you're saying that like the chicken came back a couple of times and i was kind of surprised that that was carried thread bizarre i don't know it's just so weird and okay the weirdest part is like he says with the chinaman in my office which is upsetting enough they're making a say for the podcast and like it didn't make sense and then everyone claps and laughs and just walks away <laughs> and you're like just do the people just leave now like what was the joke like I, I know. and then anyway. like right after that roger's like talking about a client i think and he's like he's a jew and i'm like whoa this is so aggressive it's just it, like it was really full system. throttle this time oh uh, yeah i was kind of yeah go ahead the older i get and the more woke like society gets the worse it feels like watching this show in Mm -hmm. in retrospect it's like really cringy you know i have definitely had someone be like why is this one of your favorite shows i'm like just listen a second just listen a second i'm not like oh those were the times i'm just like it's a well-made show heavy-handed with like the rough parts yeah it's like racism sexism am i right like it's definitely <laughs> really hard um they everyone comes into don's office for a meeting which weirdly no one is prepared for like they don't even talk about what they're supposed to talk about but anyway as everyone comes in everyone has to make their own separate like joke about the chinese man like every single person makes a joke and you're like i get it although i did pick up that this was the first instance of like threading through uh rogers like racism and slash fear of like asian people that he was like upset he's like i want him out of the office like i was like oh man they bring this up like four seasons later that this is a thing and i was like you know what they they did set that thread um anyway i didn't have much to say about this other than what you already really 
teed up well, pretty well. I will say is like when everyone's in Don's office and later it's yeah. just like Pete and Don, I feel like the shots of the camera make Don whenever he's in the foreground, like much bigger than Peter, who's like more in the background and Peter like appears a lot smaller and then Ooh. it'll like flip flop. And it's like, Peter is never like as large as Don in the foreground, but it's almost like that feels like a power play and how we've talked about like Peter and Don being like opposites, but having this like tension for like, I don't know, the, the main office boy or something. Yeah. Like, I did notice that boy. there are but, yeah, no, but totally. Yeah. I, I definitely noticed that there were a lot of shots in that scene and the later scene with Rachel, where usually if it was Don doing something, it would cut to Pete. And if Pete does something, it would cut to Don. That there was a lot of like oppositional yep, yep. shooting. Like that's part of why that we love the show is as hard as it is to explain to anyone else, given how terrible the first season is and this all these regards that we're talking about. Because every single time you see something new, like I'd never noticed that before, but I definitely stood out to me this time. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then we also um, have to mention too, the tension between Pete and Peggy. Yes. Um, Peggy wore Just... my favorite outfit this episode. She that was like, my favorite one oh my too. God, it was so cute. She wore this like I love it. polka dot dress with like a white collar. It was adorable. That's like quintessential early Peggy, I feel like. That's like what I imagine her wearing like the first like two, three seasons. Also, I loved that. But let me also say, this is a little bit negative of me, but like all the other outfits were like very weak sauce this episode. I agree. Also, Joan's hair was really bad. It was... It very flipped and she's meant to have it up you know yes yes it was very <laughs> weird and flipped and like neon and usually i love that on her but peggy definitely stole the show and that mini scene Ugh. something else that struck me before we get into that it's just like i i don't know if it's just this episode or this is Mad Men in general and i've just never thought about scenes Mad Men doesn't really have full scenes they have a lot of like shortcuts and like little mini scenes yeah. in the middle of bigger scenes i've never noticed that anyway that doesn't yeah, mean, that's absolutely. neither here nor there. Um, because um, it's kind of within like Pete's return, you know, and he's talking to Peggy and he's just like, um, so like about last time, meaning like, you know, when they yeah. fucked basically. And she's just like, he's like, I'm married, and she's like, Okay, you know, and he's she's like, um, yeah, it never happened. And I was like, but it did, you know. I let me say I read it very differently. I read it as Peggy was like coming on real strong was definitely I feel like expecting something when she was coming up and he was she was like had this very like some some flirting from Pete or something like he was she was definitely very flirting very like hello and like very open and then Pete like this is terrible to say maybe this was because my uh, unfortunate like somewhat time alliance with Pete but like or attraction to Pete I don't want to say alliance but like I was kind of on Pete's side that I was like Peggy, you're being a little obvious. Like you gotta like keep it down low. And she was, he's like, come on, I'm married. And I was like, I don't completely disagree with him there, but seeing her have her ha- happy face, and you can see her face that she uh, realizes that she was wrong, and then she's like, I will not fucking change my face in front of this man. I will remain smiling and act casual. I feel like I maybe I intuited that all in her face, but I was like, oh, Peggy. Well, that I hurt, feel like she answered it really well. Like I, she just, did, she like, did. Um, she had a good poker face. I only feel like we know because we know Peggy. It was the whole thing was upsetting. Do you still think <laughs> Campbell is attractive? Not in this episode. It really <laughs> goes back and forth. On season one is rough. Season two is much better. 
he needs to be a little downtrodden for me to be attracted to him. He's not, he's not low enough yet. Yeah. He'll he's, get there. You know, he's too swaggering. Also oh. him being like, Oh, ice cream just really killed my buzz on him. <laughs> um, uh, so then the next scene is, um, or scene quote unquote, but like section, I guess yeah. is back to a meeting with Rachel where they're still serving bloody Mary's and shrimp at like 9am or whatever. I did not pick up on that. That's horrifying. Again? They did that I, last time. I didn't. I'm just, this Maybe time, last juice. time it was, this time, last time it was cause I loved Rachel's after this time. I was just horrified for her fuzzy hat. Like I just couldn't look away. I don't know, but um, I, I also think they did a very good job at showing Don and Rachel's flirting because mm-hmm. it was bold enough for like, I, I watched that scene like two or three different times. And every single time I just focus on them and I completely phased out what was going on in the background. I still don't know what they're going to do to her store. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Because as you mentioned earlier, like the team was very unprepared for this meeting <laughs> yes. and she was like, you haven't even been to my store. How can you sell? So embarrassing. So bad. And then Don's like, you know, oh, I'll, I'll be sure to fix this. But like, he also messed up because he didn't go to the store either, you know? Mm-hmm. So bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, um, my big Don dupe of this episode is like, where I think Rachel says something along the lines of like, oh, you like, you know, turn that around. And he was like, oh, I have a deep voice, you know, it's just like, <laughs> like stop, you know, I roll. It's very embarrassing. He's definitely just like, listen to me. I have man voice. And it's like, it's true, but don't, don't put it in my face. So then pretty much like immediately after that, he like goes to the store. And I, let me say, this is one of some of my favorite string of scenes, like in the whole series, honestly, I love really? them being in the store. I don't know why. I think it's very sexy. That. Yeah. This store I, is really sexy for sure. It's a sexy store, sexy department store. They're going to see dogs in a second. It's just like all the things <laughs> There's I also love. like so much sexual tension, you know, like even like. Rachel goes over and puts cufflinks on Don, which like I didn't notice until this time that they thread it. Like it happens a couple of times before them that there's like his cufflinks keep falling out. So she, like, Rachel puts on new cufflinks for him. And when they walk away, the like, girl who like took out the cufflinks is like, okay, you guys are having sex. <laughs> like seriously, it was so obvious to everyone. But like, I agreed with the Knights. I think the Knights were the best uh, cufflinks. I think mm-hmm. Rachel made a good choice. Yeah, she has good taste as we know. Um, yeah. and then they go to another floor and there's a mm-hmm. girl like employee sleeping, which I think is really funny, you know? <laughs> yeah. She's sleeping. Cause it's like dark and there's just teddy bears and nobody there. And then they Was go that, like a picture. Head. Sorry. Is that like a picture place? What do you mean? Like, do you get your picture taken there? Like, what is that? Oh, I assumed it was like, like bedroom like maybe sheets like like sheets for that's sale. that's true that can make sense bears for sale it was a yeah. little they weren't really like this is floor whatever you know but we we do know it's a department store so i guess there could that be makes sense that makes more sense than, than like sears photo like that doesn't make as much sense anyway not as, idea. <laughs> yeah it's not as important i just was this time i was like what is she selling yeah well she was clearly asleep she was so bored with what she was selling you know? yes for sure um and then they visit the patrol dogs who are adorable little german shepherds i love this so much honestly this is some of my favorite also i know i just said this but i'll say it again my favorite dialogue my favorite part and i find rachel so charming in the scene where rachel. she's talking about her dogs and how the dogs are all a girl needs and she makes them like named missy till the end of time and then like like 
and you can see on Don's face, he's like, oh no, I'm a man, I'm having emotions. How do I deal with this? I just like, honestly, that whole first string, that first part, I love. Well, and Don's like, oh, have you always enjoyed telling men what to do? Uh, like, honestly. It's annoying. But then there's this like tone shift for me after that line. And she's like talking about, Rachel's talking about how her mom died when she gave birth to her. And then Don- He has the face like, oh God. And like the whole time he's so- grumpy and existential and staring off into space and he clearly is like looking longingly at his cuff link he's clearly mad about rachel and thinking about rachel oh, and pining after her all day he he like glance over this is over right when he wakes up at the um the night uh cuff links and he gets kind of mad and he looks off a couple of times he kind of like has a face when people say certain things so clearly he mm-hmm. rachel is on his mind a lot this day um whatever dude you can't have your cake and eat it too for know? sure it's just like <laughs> actually going back i know this is going back but like how does do people not know he's married isn't he wearing a wedding ring at work he said something about not wearing one i think did he, he okay maybe. Said it in this episode something about like oh i was raised that men don't wear jewelry. oh right that's right yes. oh and that would be yeah. an explanation oh very clever dialogue getting all the information in there it's like super shitty and like toxic it, masculinity it, it is it totally is <laughs> um, um yeah i wrote for this whole playhouse scene where he's drinking beer it's just like classic beer saturday dad building yeah dad is like i find it upsetting it's like i'm gonna be a man and kind of grunt in the front yard while vaguely doing something and getting absolutely hammered (laughs) it's just like and then at the same time betty's inside making the worst looking appetizers of all time just like (laughs) celery with like cream cheese on it yeah i thought she was gonna make like ants on a log which would be a much better appetizer but it's not you know they're like capers no we're just gonna have cream cheese and (laughs) God, so gross. The 60s cuisine sounds really upsetting. Yeah. And then um, they, I don't remember, they're talking about, yeah. Even her friend Francine, who's kind of a big B, is she's like such a big B. But yeah. like, I guess she's pregnant. <laughs> she's pregnant and still able to drink, which we see later. But like, <laughs> she's pregnant and cranky and then is really dissing on uh, Helen, who got yes, invited. Is, is the divorcee who has. Two kids, and I'm always like, Glenn has a sister. Like, it's does she ever like become a figment of the show? I, I don't think so. I think it's, it's just really about- yeah. It's just like okay, she has a two year old who like she leaves the two year old with a babysitter, which I also think is a little weird. But I guess like this party's more for like nine year olds, maybe eight, seven year olds. I guess Sally would be like seven. Yeah, Glenn's, and I guess like, she's nine. like down the block, so like it. Yeah, it's fine. it's not that dangerous. Um, but yes, they're talking about the scary divorcee who walks. Just, like other her It's like so. Yeah, she walks. Like she walks around the neighborhood, and they're like, "That's so weird." <laughs> like, yeah, like where walks. is she going? She has I velocity in a direction. Like it's just the most bizarre stuff. Um, and then I, mean, I like to take aimless walks. Like, why is that such a weird thing? You know, because like, do yeah. all their husbands have like a leash on them? it's it's just bizarre that like no one thought to do that and it's like such a minor display of independence but it's like so important to them like it's just very interesting to see that as this show of independence and then francine goes it's not even a big 
her being a big B. It's her being just weird that like, yeah, she's like, look at that man with Don admittedly being disturbingly attractive with his white shirt on and yeah he's like like, a playhouse and he looks really hot but like she then later which is even worse is like it's so weird for being such a big b and he's don's like oh i'm gonna take a shower and then francine is like do you want some company and i'm like what the fuck and betty's like oh you're bad you're like no she wants to have sex with your husband and you should kick her out immediately Like it's just understand that at all. Um, it's just such a weird move, but also, I guess, at some level, it's like admiring what she has, like, she has it all. If she wants to like feel that way about her life, like Betty, but I just felt like all the adults were acting so bizarre at this party, like, no one was acting sincere, and there's all these like secrets, and it's really weird. Um, there's like one really quick scene with Don before that awkward shower convo where he goes and washes his hands and then he like panics looking at the, um, oh the yeah, I noticed that later as well. learn is like the powder room and Betty's like, hope you didn't use the powder room to wash your hands. And he, he just like wipes his hand on his shirt, which is so like weird too, you know? And yeah, that's like, and like the powder room is untouched. It's like very sterile. Yeah. Very sterile. And like fake. And this whole thing is very like stilted because I mean, part of it is suburban life, but also part of it, I feel like is a little bit an overreaction on Don's part. Cause it's like, you're hanging out with your, like your kids, parents, your kids, friends, parents all terrible. Uh, <laughs> who are all terrible, but like, of course you're not really that good of friends with them because oh. they're just like who your friend, who your kids hang out with basically and then they have to hang around but it was very awkward part of the reason why they may be acting weird probably not but they do make a point to linger for like 20 seconds on beginning of the scene on betty pouring so much alcohol into this big oh my god goblet and then like it's like half a bottle of hard liquor and she just like two seconds of a spray of like bubbly water and it's so comical and you're like oh man and then she just gives a big drink of it to super pregnant francine so Mm. and they're drinking juleps which sounds very refreshing it does it does (laughs) um Um, they said they didn't get a clown which i didn't catch the first time around and now they didn't get a clown and they're like oh he got hired off broadway and they're like oh is he in that one where they sing or something i was like what is this dialogue what are they talking about they must be referencing something so when you when you said that just now i'm like is that like a low-key like gay reference i don't know maybe not I, that's a ref i don't know that's a reference to something it definitely very windowed i didn't understand um yeah I was like, like i'm glad there's not a clown because clowns are fucking scary so yeah everyone seemed very disappointed all the adults were like oh you didn't get that clown i was like what <laughs> um um one of my i laughed really hard at this even though it was kind of sad and serious what there's this one guy who's like talking to don and it's very clear that they're like not really friends and he's just like we've got it all and don is just like yep this is it you know and i'm like that, i wrote that down as my favorite quote actually i really? liked that a lot it was like very it was a little bit on the nose but it was very much like is that all there is like the main part of the episode like the thrust of like that we have it all and it is kind of nothing it's kind of like the whole purpose of the series in my mind i was like yeah you just did it in two lines so i thought that was really good and also the way don says yep that's it it's just so funny he's just like yep this fucking sucks 
I, I feel like that I hate really characterizes him though. Like you said, it's like sets him up that like that's who he is the whole time. Like he's so it's really It's the really the time. like to the heart of who his problem basically his big struggle. Like it, he just it was very to the point. And I agree that like the way he delivered that line was very very funny. And like slightly before that, not to backtrack, but he had a thing happen to him, which I'm sure you've had happen to you with people you don't know that well, where these this married couple he clearly is not that good of friends with was like i know you do advertising we saw this ad we liked <laughs> that has a t- has like a plane in it that one was cute did you do that one and he's like i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> i i'm sure you've had that with writing i've definitely had that with my own stuff where like Very someone's cool. like i i read this article about this thing you don't do at all that has it's tangentially related i'm like i have nothing to say and i can tell you're trying to connect with me <laughs> I was just like, oh, poor Don. I do feel bad for him in this moment. Because, like, what is he supposed to say? Honestly. And then uh, there's just, like, an annoying, like, minor anti-vax dad in the room, too. She's like, oh, like, my son has polio and his dad didn't want him to get the vaccine. It's like, okay. Uh Yeah, it's upset. Well, actually, I read that as he was mad about the vaccine because his kid got polio and then the vaccine came out. So the vaccine would have come out relatively recently i think there was some line where he was like the dad was skeptical about like getting his kid vaccinated yeah i I guess i kind of thought it was um the dad was not that this is really a rabbit hole to go down but the dad was mad that the vaccine came out after the kid got polio but Mm. like Maybe as, as I the it. Maybe I'm like two in the times of the well, present day. I, I know. Like I, for a moment, I was like, oh God, this is too well, real. This is my, too real. My great aunt who lived in this era said that when the polio vaccine came out, everyone was in line to get it. They were like, let's get this vaccine. So that your, your interpretation sounds like a little more on the nose for the That's time. so interesting mm-hmm. that like, it was so, such a different oh, yeah. perception. Although um, I guess- COVID, okay, never mind. I'm not going to say We don't have to go there. You know. <laughs> I don't want to go there. We're going to get like fucking bad. I totally just like read that through my 2022 lens, but. Um, yeah. And it was, it was kind of interesting. Like they were saying like, oh, your kid is fine. And the mom's like, my kid's not fine. My kid's in crutches. Like oh. he can tell. And it was like very sad. And like yeah. kind of, that was a time where that happened. That just like was wild to think of. You know. Uh, go science, right? Go science. And then I have my next line on my notes. Creepy Glenn, all caps. Creepy Glenn. We <laughs> meet Creepy Glenn and his bad uh, mom. We love yes. him. Why does she have such a creepy kid? You know, Just such a messed up kid who's going to end up being a serial killer. Um, but but she, like, so when we meet Helen and Glenn, Helen is like walking in with pants and everybody else is wearing dresses. All the shocking. ladies. Shocking. Her collar is popped. She is a uh-huh. bad I love the pop collar. And I like that she's like, I'm just going to come with like Christmas paper. And like everyone loses their shit because she wrapped her gift with Christmas paper. But she's like, dude, I just moved. And she's I was like, you go. Shocking. And everyone is like, she's so weird, you know? <laughs> so funny. And this is right around the time that Helen mentions that she has Volkswagen, which ties back to the lemon ad whatever that means very good connection um then francine's husband makes like a pass at her and she calls him out on it which was oh so good so good and then don awkwardly creeps and films them and then they're just like hi (laughs) is like being a voyeur and like films this other couple kissing too and it's just like very weird it's he films them for too long like it's very weird yeah 
And he's like, I'm thinking of the black haired lady that I kissed yesterday. (laughs) And he's like very upset. Like if the couple he was filming were actually married or if they were like two adults at the party making out in public. I didn't know that either. I think it's the former, but like, I think so. Like it was so obvious, you know? Yeah. And he was just like filming them. They didn't even notice, but like, yes, I found that very very weird he's just walking around filming things because he's just feels disconnected from this whole life that is like the gold standard i don't know everyone's acting so weird then like betty has a moment of like sympathizing with helen and helen's making like her friends laugh but then later like helen's standing next to don and smoking a cigarette gasp and then one of her friends is like look and like then she like sends don away because i'm like are you serious like like nothing is happening you know yeah, everyone's like, oh my God, gonna snatch up your man. There's just like, let's just say that the, I wrote bitchiness scene equals love, but the bitchiness is like out of control because they just don't, they are so threatened by the idea of Helen. It's really interesting to see all the little things. Like they just cannot handle the walking. They interrogate the walking so much. She says like, uh, Einstein did it. Everyone's like, ooh, they make a face. And before that, like- <laughs> One of the women, she was talking about, uh, Helen's talking about Glenn, and one of the women's like, oh, like, or she was saying, like, my ex-husband, and she's, they go, oh, is that Glenn's father? And then yeah. Helen makes a face, and it's like, yes, uh-huh. I do not have multiple lovers with multiple children, which is, like, also no judgment, but, like, at that, she was like, you're just assuming I'm, like, having sex with, like, four guys and have all of these guys. So upsetting, yeah. Do we know why... Helen divorced her husband. I'm just assuming she did the divorce because she's a badass, but why they got a divorce. Like, do, do we know that? I know she chose it. And then we see her husband in the second season and it's, he's like very aggressively trying to get in the house mm-hmm. and then tries to ask Betty to let help her, like help use her, uh, help him by letting him use her phone. And she says no. And he gets really mad at her. Yeah. And, I then, she, and then Helen's like, it wasn't like, one of my favorite lines which is way in a future episode where it's like honestly it's it was not that different with him gone uh that's and so i was funny. like so i think she chose that's it which her. would yeah. also, I, I also be it. extremely radical at the time i'm sure oh yeah but she's wearing her pants and her pop collar and being fabulous so yes for sure um i think the only other thing that happens at this party is basically like <laughs> a guy slaps a kid for spilling a drink and it's not his son which if it was his son would be a problem but because it's not his son it feels even like a bigger problem and then the dad just is like yeah don't do that you know it's very very horrible yeah and he's like i agree you should hit children to show them who's boss and you're like oh 50s why yeah so basically like well, yeah, Sal or Betty sends Don to get a cake after like she thinks he's like hitting on Helen or Helen's hitting on him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and he just like gets the cake and then parks himself by a train, right? He drives in front of the house and then goes, nah, and then he drives off. <laughs> and then he 
stares at a train for seemingly three hours like a sociopath he's just staring at a so train weird. he i mean it like was daylight when he left and then it's, it's like, like time it's he's very gone insane. for an he's they say he picked up the cake an hour ago when it's four like 15 so he, he picked it up at 3 15 which means he left before then and he gets back when it's dark it's very which, weird which means it had to have been like four or five hours mm. which is just so strange but then it, it turns out when he gets home that he brought home a puppy. I actually, actually <laughs> let me not let, uh, I don't want to skip over the cake because I actually noticed this time with, um, so there's no cake. It's very embarrassing. Betty is humiliated for not the last time, probably the first of many, many times she's going to be publicly humiliated. Um, uh, Helen comes to the rescue. Helen comes to the rescue. Go Helen, bring her frozen ass cake. Really, um, like it's probably disgusting. <laughs> yes, and you, I noticed because I was actually curious this whole episode that they zoom in on her hands and she's having trouble cutting it because her yes. hands are getting numb again. And I was like, never noticed that that they're drawing this link to sort of like I guess she sort of knows. I feel like she sort of knows that like not only is her life as it stands hollow, it's not going to last because she will end up like Helen because this is the first signs of it very publicly. Like your husband's not coming home. You will be the divorcee with the frozen cake in the freezer. So, yeah, like, I don't know. I thought that was last time. Like, sure, hands freeze up while she's driving, like seeing Helen, and she's like freaking out. You know? Yeah, she has this connection of like that will be me, and it will be her, and she'll be oh. not happier for it. But I think she'll be less miserable and not happier. But that's in the future. Yeah, and then um, Doc, like, here's a puppy. Everything's fine. <laughs> it's a puppy, and. Let me say it is one of the cutest things ever when Sailor's like, Polly, Polly doggy. And I'm like, oh my God, that's cute. But also clearly about the dog thinking of um, what Rachel said, that a dog is all a little girl needs. Mm-hmm. So clearly took inspiration. I don't disagree, but also you just gave Betty a ton of work. As much as I want a Polly doggy, it's going to be way too much work. And now Betty's going to have to do that all by herself because her kid's tiny. Um and then poor Betty, all she can say at this stage is just like, quite like, I don't even know what to say and leave. And then Don has this look on his face, like, what's she going to do? I'm me. <laughs> it's just like insane. <laughs> his face is like, mm, it's me. Well, this is so it's like, what? I, I want to go back to the train and maybe this is like my final thoughts of the episode. Um, yeah. And when Don, it's nighttime and he's still at the train, there's a train that passes and like the way the camera shot is just so brilliant. And it's like the reflection of the train is like overlaying around his face. Like it looks like rolling over his face. And I feel like this is like one of the first allusions to like Don being suicidal. It just seemed very- I really got those vibes too. Like he was very close to that train. Yeah, it seemed like he was like, who knows what he was thinking about? Who sits in front of a train for hours? And the way that the camera overlays the train over his face, I feel like is very like he's unhappy and he may kill himself kind of situation, which I think they like allude to that a ton throughout the season. I remember when the show was coming out, you and I thought that that's how it was going to end mm-hmm. because of the opening credits where like Don, a silhouette of yeah. Don was falling from the sky. And I just, I feel like it was, it was just a brilliant shot that really like alluded to his unhappiness. I agree that de- that shot definitely struck me as well. I thought that was really, I didn't just think what a jerk, 
I did kind of go into like, wow, this kind of connects to the whole show and really like, oh, like, is it a good gateway into everything we're going to experience? He's just like a sad person. He's, as we started this uh, this session by saying, such a, such a bummer, such a bad hang. <laughs> he's, he's seriously, <laughs> he, he's, he, he, he needs, he needs some therapy. He needs to believe in therapy and then he needs to get some therapy. But as we know from last episode, not happening anytime soon. Nope. And maybe that's a point to end on. Yeah, I think so. I think that was a really good setup episode and I'm really excited for uh, all the other racist, sexist shenanigans. (laughs) Until (laughs) until next time. Until next time. (laughs)